Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast via Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors took down the mighty Brooklyn Nets by a score of 123 to 117. And look, there was a lot of very, very strange COVID stuff with uh, Kevin Durant, and I'll definitely get into that in the later half of the podcast because I don't know what the hell Adam Silver is thinking with some of the stuff that he's doing right now, but. It's looking terrible. It's it's really shambolic, and it really just throws... It's a slap in the face, really, to everybody who's actually trying to uh, even just put up the facade of, um, you know, this being a situation where the league prioritizes health, um, especially in this case where Kevin Durant played this game, played 19 minutes, wasn't supposed to play, plays, and then he has to sub out in the third quarter. Now KD's going at um, the NBA publicly through Twitter. Um, it's a... It's a it's a mess, but let's just focus on the game itself first, and then we'll I'll, I'll touch on the KD stuff at the end. So the game itself, so no KD to start, um, so that's a that's a big portion. All right, so KD checks in four minutes uh, left in the first quarter. He misses the first eight minutes. It's the first time in his career he's come off the bench. Um, but the Raptors start off really strong. Um, they got to the rim at will. The Nets defense was as bad as advertised, and honestly, the Raptors dominated the the, the Nets offensively. Raptors shot 50.5% from the field, 40.6% from three. They got to the free throw line. You know, they got to, you know, well, not really. They didn't really get to the free throw line that much. Although they definitely did drive in a lot, but a lot. But the Raptors didn't turn the ball over either. Only 10 turnovers. A couple of them were pretty dumb turnovers in the first half. Kyle throwing a bad pass, you know, Pascal throwing a bad pass. But for the most part, a really, really clean game from the Raptors. Um and yeah, the Raptors, you know, started off great. They started off really good. Um, Norm had like eight of their first ten points. Norm has been playing fantastic with the starting five. Um, Norm had, uh, you know, what two threes in transition, uh, a driving layup. You know, again, and, and basically the Raptors played at a pace that the Nets I don't think were um, expecting. I think the Nets are also a pretty good team playing fast. But I think the Raptors um, playing fast really doesn't give the Nets a chance to set up defensively, and the Raptors are able to capitalize early. Kyle was hot early on, too, and Kyle had a phenomenal game, um, the kind of game that makes you want to send him to the All-Star game, although, honestly, why are we having an All-Star game? This is not safe. Um, but alas, Kyle was really hot to start, too. He had two pull-up threes. He had a pull-up you know, long two. Uh, he was doing so much for the Raptors. And the Raptors got off to a great start. I mean, the only thing that wasn't really working was was Fred, who was, you know, coming off that 50-point um, career high. He left all his points in Orlando, apparently, because he had a lot of open looks for three, the exact same open looks that he got in his uh, record-breaking night, and he was just missing them today. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, the Raptors came out really strong. Now, second quarter, the Raptors defensively really dropped off. They, the, the Nets scored 40 points. The Raptors bench came in, and... You know, one thing with the Nets that's really scary is that they always have one of these superstars on the floor at all times. Usually two. And um, especially with KD being available in the second quarter, which, again, he shouldn't have been, but, okay, he was available. Um, 
the Raptors just really struggled guarding them. And I think the Raptors bench especially was more lost in rotation than the Raptors starters were. The starters, I thought, for the most part throughout the game were pretty solid off, um, offensively, but especially defensively. Whereas the Raptors second unit just, you know, there were, there were, there were lapses. And, you know, the Raptors defensive strategy coming into this game was, okay, so even though the Nets have these three players, James Harden is the guy who has the ball the most. He is the the point guard for this team. He sets up most of their plays. He initiates most of their offense. And so the Raptors were going to always um, pressure James Harden um, as much as they possibly can. Obviously, when they have all the stars out there, you're not just going to leave Kyrie. You're not just going to leave KD. But you are going to try as much as possible to send two at James Harden. And the Raptors did that. Um, but the Nets did a really good job of moving the ball in the second quarter. A lot of their shooters got open. Landry Shamit got open for four threes. Um, you know, Timothy Lawawa Cabaru was getting open for threes. Joe Harris is getting open for threes. And it was very similar to when the Raptors played Houston last year. Um, I remember, you know, again, <laughs> sweet pre-pandemic times of December of 2019. Uh, of 2020, sorry. Um, no, 2019. Yeah, it was 2019. Jeez. We have been in pandemic for a while. Um, but, you know, it was uh, the Raptors were just hard trapping uh, James Harden all game. Now, it wasn't as aggressive as like we're going to send two guys at Harden at half court. But, um, you know, the Raptors did uh, send multiple bodies. And, and the, 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 the calculus that the Raptors had was basically the Nets perimeter guys are going to be able to make enough threes. And I think it's going to be worth it to sh- shut down Harden keep him away from the free throw line he still got there you know nine times because he gets a very favorable whistle uh you can just throw his arms up at half court and that's a foul but you know Chris Boucher getting slapped across both arms and you can hear it around that empty arena uh over the crowd the fake crowd noise no foul nothing um but you know I and you know weirdly enough you look at the results you might say okay you know Harris you shouldn't leave him open for three he is like, you know, 45% three-point shooter, shot five of eight from three today. Shamit is a good three-point shooter. You know, Jeff Green is even a good three-point shooter um, sometimes. You know, Luau Cabarro is a good three-point shooter. We saw that in the, in the playoffs last year. Um, what are you doing? But at the same time, it kind of worked. I mean, just second quarter there was really sloppy. I think guys were a little bit late in rotating. Basically, Nick was saying, we send two guys at the ball, and then we try to scramble and rotate, which is... Generally speaking, what the Raptors do phenomenally, that's what they do against most team star players, is they, they really, really aggressively try to take out one guy. They force other players to try to make plays, and that generally works for them. But, um, yeah, and, and today I think it was kind of the same deal. Just in the second quarter, though, it was not working. All right, Raptors um, gave up 40 points. Thankfully, the Nets defense uh, doesn't exist, and so the Raptors just hope to keep the lead. The Raptors had 67 points at halftime. Uh, and held a four-point advantage. But I thought the second half, the Raptors played a lot better defensively. Now, of course, Kevin Durant being subbed out of the game uh, because midway through the game because apparently he had come into contact with someone who had tested positive for COVID. Uh, y- you know, that's going to affect things um, because, you know, KD's, obviously KD's one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world. So he's out of the game. And that, of course, changes a lot of stuff. But, you know, the, the flow of the third quarter also kind of was really choppy. It almost favored the Raptors in a way because, um, you know, I, I, it, it was it was comical. It honestly, it was very comical to see uh, what was going on. I want, In the third quarter alone, there were um, four jump balls. 
And keep in mind, you, you jump the ball off at the start of the game, but you're not going to jump the ball off in the third quarter unless you have multiple sequences in which the Raptors uh, and Nets, for some reason, just have to decide possession. And, um, you know, one of those sequences, the Raptors scramble, they get on the floor, um, there was a jump ball between Kyrie and and, and uh, Fred Van Vliet. There was like two technicals called during that jump ball between Fred and then Nick Nurse. So the Nets somehow got two free throws out of that. But then they jumped the ball once. Uh, the Raptors win the jump ball. They're going on the fast break. One of the referees is like, nope, stop the play. we got to jump the ball again. And it's like, why? Why you got to jump the ball again? So the Raptors had to jump the ball again. This time, I think the Raptors won it again. Uh, and then there was another jump ball after, you know, Norman Powell gets out on the fast break. Um, Kyle throws him a hit ahead pass. Uh, initially, the foul was called on KD. That was going to be his fifth foul. Um, and KD was real mad about it. Steve Nash, which is so, so strange that Steve Nash is a coach. But uh, Coach Steve Nash decides to uh, challenge, use the coach's challenge. And, you know, honestly, they did review the play. KD got to the ball first. He, he went through Norm's body to get there. But, okay, it's KD's fifth foul. They reversed the call. Although, shortly after that, uh, KD was told to not come back into the game because of that COVID thing. So, uh, okay, but that created a jump ball because when you win a uh, when you win a coach's challenge, you know, especially when 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 it's about a foul, you're you're generally going to jump the ball up. The Raptors jumped the ball up. I think Joe Harris got an open three because guys couldn't rotate well enough. And then finally, to end the quarter, there was another play where the Raptors tie up one of the nets at, on along the baseline. The ball goes out of bounds. I think it was Kyrie again trying to go in for a drive, and the Raptors collapsed on him. Uh, they they tied him up going up, and the ball kind of went out at the same time, both on Kyrie and on you know Fred. And so they jumped the ball up, if you believe it or not, for the fourth time in that quarter. And it was just a very sloppy game. The officials, the officiating was not very good. This was the same officiating crew that was uh, officiating the Raptors' loss to Milwaukee. You remember that game from Kyle Lowry getting tossed um, by the officials at the end of the game. Uh, You know, not a very good explanation given either by the officials or by the team as to what specifically happened. But, um, you know, it was... uh, that same crew, and there were some very questionable decisions, absolutely. I mean, at one point, at halftime, the Raptors had shot three free throws, and the Nets had shot 17. And I understand that the Nets have some very dangerous players, including James Harden, who obviously is just contractually owed, you know, 10 free throws a game uh, by virtue of his contract and, and status in the league. And, of course, there's Kyrie, there's Kevin Durant. Of course, it's hard to guard this team. Um, but, yeah, and the Raptors were living in the paint, and, and still somehow they weren't getting calls. Uh, again, 17-3. to that is, that is as lopsided as I had seen. But, alas, that third quarter, I think the Raptors just really settled into that third quarter, though, after a bit of that choppy start with the officiating and all the jump balls. Largely because they played through Pascal. Pascal was awesome in this game. Um, really, really good. He was sharp to start the game as, as well. You know, he was... Um, seeing a lot more double teams at the start of the game, and so he was, you know, picking out passes, you know, finding Baines. He really should have found Baines twice for layups. One layup Baines missed, which Baines is going to miss one inexplicable layup every game. Today he missed two. He, there was also Kyle Harris set him up for a wide-open layup and in transition, and he missed it. He, he drew back iron, but alas, Baines is actually getting more solid, so I, I really have no real complaints aside from the two missed shots. Uh, but Pascal was, you know, making great passes, kicking it out to guys, Kyle, Norm, doing a good job. But the only thing was the small little bunnies weren't really dropping. And it was kind of a frustrating night because you know that 
he's not really going to shoot the three these days, and uh, he's really going to have to rely on the paint. The, the the one thing that concerned me was that the Nets also knew that. Obviously, you know, professional NBA teams and like that, they're going to scout. They're going to see Pascal's last few games. They're going to go, this guy's not shooting threes anymore. We should not guard him on the perimeter. So there was a little bit of that um, that uh, that six feet, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> There was, there was, yeah, there was some uh, real separation going on, COVID-wise, uh, w- with how they guarded Pascal. I mean, that's honestly how everyone should have been guarding KD. I think everyone, I would feel a lot happier if, if people kept uh, that physical distance. But that's what they were doing. You know, KD was guarding Pascal. Uh, KD was six feet off. You know, um, Jeff Green was guarding him. He was off. Guys were just sagging back, and Pascal had the opportunity to, to launch those threes. We've seen teams do that to Pascal in the past, and we've seen Pascal step into those threes in the past. Uh, but today he just completely refused those, just like he had been in the last few games. Um, but, you know, that is a little bit concerning because I do think that teams giving him so much space, you know, is going to kind of clog the lane a little bit for everyone else, considering the fact that in the starting five, you're not going to uh, – I mean, no one no one plays Aaron Baines at all because you shouldn't he, – he's not a threat to score. Uh, and if they're not also, you know, trying to uh, press up on Pascal as well, then all of a sudden you, you have two front court guys who are not spacing the floor. It's going to make it very hard for their driving kick game, for Fred to get inside, for Kyle to get inside. Uh, Norm, a little bit less because he's so much more athletic than the other two guys. But, you know, that, that could be a problem for the other guys. But I will have to say, though, it does seem to play into Pascal's hands a little bit. And what I mean by that is one of the – I think, honestly, the best way to guard Pascal is not to just, you know – drop off and sag i think the best way is to put a perimeter player the perimeter defender on him like a wing player like a small forward type uh press up you know try to attack pascal's handle because pascal's handle is really really loose uh and it has been loose this season um try to bump him so that he because the handle is loose he doesn't always get to his spots and so you can kind of keep him from getting into his spots you can kind of you know stop him and stop the raptors step usually um before uh he even gets into his move if you can really really have someone who can pressure the 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 handle and then afterwards you can you have to send help at the basket because pascal is generally not going to force it over two guys and when he does he's not going to make it so that is a better strategy than what the nets were doing which was just okay early on he was picking out guys picking out passes so okay let's play him single coverage let's drop back let's try to play him to drive I mean, that plays right into Pascal's hands. Pascal doesn't really want to drive all the way to the basket um, like a Ben Simmons would, right? The difference between when you sag back on Ben or you sag back on, even on Giannis a little bit is when those guys drive in and, they, and, and they're met with resistance at the basket, they kind of just, you know, kick the ball out, which is fine-ish, but it does really neutralize these guys. Whereas with Pascal, if you sag back and you allow Pascal to drive and get to the painted area. That's all Pascal wants to do in the first place. That's why he. That's what he wants to do is set up shop in the post and score. And especially with the Nets, um, they don't play that much at the under Jordan because I guess they like whatever Jeff Green brings, which is sometimes he scores uh, at an efficient rate that, to, to offset his uh, defensive deficiencies, but most times he doesn't. Um, but yeah, they, they took DeAndre Jordan off the floor, and that was the only guy in the whole game who was giving Pascal any pause. I mean, Pascal was going to all these guys. Kevin Durant guarding him. Kevin KD's bigger than him. Pascal still scored a layup over him. Um, you know, Harden, Kyrie, all these guys scoring over him. Bruce Brown, easy, you know. And yeah, Pascal was just getting to his spots and just scoring at will. The third quarter, 15 points for Pascal, almost exclusively in the post. 
especially towards the end of that quarter, you know, Pascal was just go to Pascal over and over and over again. And the Nets, I mean, they just don't have any interior defending, especially with Jared Allen out uh, in that trade, which really wish Thrapis somehow got in there and scooped him up. Although I guess there is still free agency, but um, yeah, Pascal was thriving. And honestly, to end that third quarter, I think Kyrie ended up guarding Pascal. And and Pascal hit him with the spoon move. Kyrie dropped to the ground, and and Pascal hit a a turnaround uh, mid-range two um, right at the buzzer there to give the Raptors... um, you know, a two-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. And that's where the Raptors really turned to Kyle Lowry to close because even though it was Fred and the bench to start the fourth quarter, the Raptors, Nick Nurse, very, very smartly put in his main guys um, to close that game early. And what I mean by that is sometimes he'll wait. You know, he'll usually ride Kyle and Pascal throughout the third quarter. And then he'll wait, you know, um, three minutes, five minutes sometimes before those guys come back in. You know, you got to give them some rest, especially with the back-to-back coming up tomorrow. Having said that, though, the game was right there, and the the Nets were, especially in the first half, they really killed the Raptors bench. And so Nurse went back to Kyle and Pascal back into the game, only giving them short three-minute rests. And it worked out great because, honestly, um, Kyle was just ridiculous in this game. He was so good down the stretch. Uh, He made three threes in the fourth quarter. Um, a lot of those are pull-up threes as well, uh, you know, especially with Fred misfiring. Um, you know, you really need a Kyle to run the show there. Uh, you know, he found, you know, Pascal for a layup at the end. Really, really great pass, driving in, drawing the defense, kicking it to Pascal. Layup, I think that clinched the Raptors. That made it a two-possession game and and really, really put the bow on this whole um, very, very strange uh, game of basketball play between these two games, uh, these two teams. Um Kyle found Boucher, Kyle was stealing the ball, Kyle was rebounding the ball, offensively, defensively, Kyle was awesome, like literally every single time the Raptors needed anything in the in the clutch, Kyle Lowry was there, and it, it does not, um, it's not beyond me that, that the fact that, you know, you see in a game where there was Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant on the other side, that the Raptors held Kyle, uh, the Raptors had the best player on the floor. Kyle Lowry was the best player on the floor tonight. And, you know, of course that, you know, I'm not saying Kyle is a better player than James Harden or Kevin Durant or even Kyrie, honestly. Kyrie has some real scoring chops, although that one's debatable there between who's the more effective player. Um, But, I mean, you know, Kyle was performing like the best player on the floor tonight. And, and he was awesome down the stretch. Really, really made so many big plays for the Raptors. This is after he, uh, you know, classic don't poke the bear moment. Uh, he was guarding in the post down low. Bruce Brown was in there. Bruce Brown was doing a really good job of cutting into space and, and finishing because the Raptors were ignoring him because he's not a shooter. Uh, he elbows Kyle Lowry on, in, in, on the cheek, similar to uh, the way Sean Livingston did um, Fred Van Vliet. Kyle's cut open, and Kyle gets a Band-Aid, and, and yeah, you poke the bear. This is what happens. Kyle Lowry dominates, and Kyle was playing a great game. But really, it was just a great game all, all around. I thought Nick's game plan was really smart. Like, the fact that James Harden played 40 minutes and took eight shots is outrageous. Is outrageous, you know? And that's really, really good defensively. Um, you know, I think, especially in this game, because he played that strategy where there was two guys on the ball against Harden uh, a lot of the times, and that leaves, that leaves a four-on-three advantage for the Nets elsewhere, you're going to need a lot of athleticism, you need a lot of energy to, to compensate for the rest of that. And the guy Nick leaned on the heaviest was Chris Boucher, 
who had one of his best games. Um, you know, he's quietly fallen into a slump of late after his really, really hot start. But today he was uh, a phenomenal plus 15 in 27 minutes. And, you know, the Raptors just really needed his athleticism to cover all that ground. Because when you're playing four on three, you're going to need somebody like Boucher who has the unique ability to guard at the rim. And especially as a help defender, meet guys at the basket, block people. And he definitely had a couple of blocks tonight. Uh, while also being able to fly out to the perimeter and challenge and change shots and deter shots. And he blocked a three as well tonight. So, um, you know, it worked out really well. Boucher also really stepped up. And, yeah, it was just a really good game. And listen, even Pascal stepped up, man. Pascal had a really impressive block on Bruce Brown. It was initially called a foul because, of course, it was by this hating-ass crew. But uh, the Raptors reviewed it, and it was a clean block. Uh, another jump ball <laughs> for the Raptors. I, I loved it. I love jump balls, man. Um, you know, Pascal getting to you know, the, you know his hands in the passing lanes of steals. Again, it plays into Pascal's strength as well, right? Because Pascal's kind of like can bring a lot of what Boucher does, um, especially for that starting unit. And yeah, it was just a great game. And even even Norm Powell, like Norm had a great game tonight in terms of him guarding James Harden, pressuring him. Uh, I mean, listen, when Harden only has eight shots, you know that that really is really impressive. So. Um, just a really good game of the Raptors. Just a really good game in basketball. Obviously, the circumstances with KD being in foul trouble, never really getting into the game, coming in and out due to the health or safety protocols or lack thereof, that obviously screwed the Nets up in terms of their rotations. But um, it, it's not easy to beat this team. The Nets obviously have so much talent, and the Raptors did a really good job, didn't play scared, took it right to the Nets from start to finish, and they deserve the win. I was very happy with the result. In terms of your three stars, I'm going to give uh, Kyle Lowry the first star. 30 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, plus 12, 38 minutes, 12 of 18 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3. No free throws despite getting cut open. All right, cool. Uh, Yeah, Kyle was awesome, especially in the fourth quarter there. He was really, really dominant. Um, And also set the tone for the Raptors at the start of the game too. So I I love that. This is, you know, a perfect Kyle Lowry game. And one of the reasons you should send him to the All-Star game but not actually send him to the All Star game, please, All right, Kyle. Don't do this. Clearly, the NBA has no idea what they're doing with their with their protocols. In terms of the second star, I'm giving that to Pascal. Thirty three points, eleven rebounds, six assists, three steals, one block, twelve of twenty three from the field. Didn't hit any threes, but nine of ten from the free throw line. Loved how much he was going at the Nets. You know, forcing the officials to call fouls. Um, and yeah, I mean, people listen. <laughs> people want to joke about the spin move. Listen, pa- Pascal's decision making should be very straightforward okay it's in his first name it's pass spin all right that's it those are the two options right you either you either passing the ball because of the double team coming or you see a double team coming you gotta make a quick early pass which is great pascal did that six assists tonight uh, or you spin and you score and and that's that's pascal so pass spin siakam with the second star and then third star i really want to give norm this um, because I thought Norm played a really good game. 18 points, 5 rebounds. The on-ball defense against Harden came out really strong. You know, had some buckets late in the game too. But got to give it to Chris Boucher, man. Chris was awesome. Um, such a, you know, the Raptors don't win this game without Chris. With a guy like his skill set. 17 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks. 4 crests, 8 of 14. That should really be 8 of 13 with 2 more free throw attempts for him. Because he got hammered by James Harden right before halftime. No call. Uh, Chris hits a three as well. But, yeah, I just loved his defense, his energy going around, um, you know, rotating to the basket, helping on the ball, you know, closing out the three-point shooters. And, of course, just as a finisher in the pick and roll, listen, it's not hard to stop uh, to score on the nets, especially with Kyle Lowry setting you up. 
Um, but Boucher was doing a really good job of rolling. You know, there's a game that couple, you know, um, I think against the Nets or no, no, against the um, the Bucks, where Kyle and, and 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 Boucher had that conversation after you know they screwed up a pick and roll, it was a turnover, and Kyle was telling Boucher like, "Yo, just you know, read the play. Come on, like make the right play, right? If if two guys step up to me, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to roll a short roll, be open. Kyle's gonna throw the lob, you know, and they miscommunicated there, but." Um, now the two of them have connected really well together. Boucher today was really good at just setting that screen, reading how the defense was playing it, and just going. And Kyle was obviously always a very willing passer, but Boucher was able to catch, uh, capitalize, um, and, and finish in the paint. So uh, a good win by the Raptors. Hold up. 
when you have two teams who are playing the game. But okay, all right, fine. KD comes to the game, he plays, and then third quarter, he leaves the game because the NBA now says, oh, that person he was in close contact with, turns out they did return a positive test. And of course, KD himself, well, I mean, it should, he shouldn't be able to test positive anymore um, because yeah, he's had COVID and so he should have the antibodies. Um, but I guess he could still spread. So then he comes out of the game and then it's just a whole mess. Like, it's just a whole mess. You know, like the NBA puts out a statement. Um, you know, quote, you know, once that test was confirmed positive, out of an abundance of caution, Durant was removed from the game and contact tracing is underway to determine if he was in fact a close contact of the positive individual. Um, yo, stop using this phrase out of an abundance of caution, man. It's, it's, it's not fooling anybody, man. Even Kevin Durant himself is going on Twitter saying, free me, like literally tweeted out, free me. And then in response to this statement, Kevin Durant said, yo, at NBA, your fans aren't dumb. You can't fool them with your whack-ass PR tactics. So he's not happy. This is one of the stars of the league. Earlier today, you know, after it was announced that, of course, in the first round of All-Star voting, blah, 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 we're just going to go forward with All-Star voting, they asked LeBron, and LeBron was like, no, I, sh- I don't want to play at the All-Star game. I mean, of course, I'll go because I'm a professional, but I don't want to go. There was we, we negotiated before the season that we're not going to play the All-Star game. We're not that time to rest. Um, it's not safe, uh, but okay. So what is the NBA doing? Like, are you guys taking COVID seriously? Please, because you put out statements like, all right, finally, you know, we've, we've been doing weekly tests of, you know, the players. And first week it was like 30 players positive. Then it was like 10. Then it was like five. Then it was like two. Then then one. And then finally zero. Like what, but like, what are you doing? Like you have to play it on the safe side. How is there a loophole in the protocol where, um, there's, there's clearly was an inconclusive test. Maybe it was happening concurrently with the game or something like that. But, if there isn't even a doubt of a situation, you you have to play on the safe side because you are jeopardizing a whole team. It's not fair to the Raptors. It's not fair to anybody on the Nets, all right, first off. It's definitely not fair to the Nets, but at least KD's on that team. There's no way he's not going to be in the locker room, right? He was in the locker room before the game. He was in the locker room uh, at, at, at halftime, and, you know, who knows? He left the game without a mask. Presumably put on a mask and was separated from the rest of the team, but, you know, that's a situation, Okay. Um, so at least that's somewhat unavoidable because KD's on their team. And I guess he found out late. The NBA found out late. Okay, whatever. But for the Raptors, like, what, what, what is this? Like, the Raptors have worked obviously very hard, as most teams have, to minimize um, cases. And thankfully, the Raptors, you know, did not have any positive cases, at least that we know of, right? But at least the Raptors have not had players missing time due to COVID this year. We've had Norm sit for three or four practices because of, you know, potential tracing situation. It turns out, I mean, he was never positive, but he might have been, you know, testing someone positive, but whatever, that turned out to be fine, right? And I think Alex Len, while he was on the team, missed a couple of games due to, like, I guess, contact tracing again right before he was cut. But um, the Raptors have thankfully avoided this, right? And that's a good thing. Why the hell are you bringing this kind of situation onto the team? It's not fair. It puts the players in a terrible situation, and that's firmly on the league, right? The players have agreed to play. The players know the risks. And the players are going forward with it. And the teams are putting on these games. And that's fine. I have no issues with that, right? They're consenting adults. This is America. This is how it works. It's fine. But, like, that's contingent on the fact that the NBA actually has a handle on the situation. And this kind of thing where KD doesn't play to start, then he plays, then he comes out, then he's roasting the league, then he's all this other stuff. Like, it just makes him, it looks like a clown show. And, like, what is Adam Silver doing, man? Like, what are you doing? Like, 
you need to have better protocols than this. And, you know, I, the Raptors play to play are in a stretch where they play five games and seven nights. They're playing the um, the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow in Atlanta, right? It's, you know, I think the game's going to go on, but you, you just don't know. And it's it's a needless risk. Honestly, Ka- Kevin Durant shouldn't have played today. If the NBA even had an inkling that Kevin Durant was p- potentially in contact with someone who was positive, don't play. Don't play. And I understand everyone gets tested. That's fine, man. But, you know, there's just... It's irresponsible, and the thought that the Raptors were even put into the situation is just, it's really shitty, man. It's really, really shitty, and the NBA, honestly, like, answer for yourselves, man. Like, this is this is not acceptable, so. Um, at least the Raptors got the win. The Raptors are now at 10 and 12 on the season. Uh, Pascal, obviously, has really found his groove again, which is great. He uh, found his groove on the Western Conference road trip, but then he missed those two shots, and then, you know, whatever. You know, he had been quiet for a little bit. Now he's obviously been thriving the last few games. Uh, Kyle, you know, shows you why he's an all-star. And, yeah, just a great win. Honestly, I think guys are turning around a little bit. You know, Baines, I think he's settling into the rotation. He's doing what is expected of him and what's needed of him. Um, Bembry has really emerged. I didn't even talk about Bembry that much, but he had a couple of really nice passes, including probably the pass of the game where Kyle Lowry drove, uh, Bembry read it, cut along the baseline to meet Kyle at the basket, Dump off pass to Bembry. Wrote, defense rotates over to Bembry. Bembry slides the pass over to Boucher in the dunker spot. Boucher dunks it. Great play. Bembry has been a really solid player who's fit in seamlessly. Um, and, yeah, hopefully the Raptors are, you know, knock on wood. Like, seriously, knock on wood. But, like, um, hopefully they're all safe and they're ready to go because um, they won three straight. There's still a pretty good team in there. Um, and, yeah, you know, this season is... This season is super fake, <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, I hope the Raptors can uh, capitalize a little bit more and continue going, because this is a long road trip, it's a tough road trip, um, but if they can actually get through this, you know, I thought this would be one of the hardest games of the road trip, because you look at the this Raptors schedule, um, you know, they obviously played the Nets today, they play um, the, the Hawks tomorrow, and the Hawks are actually okay. Uh, and then they play the Grizzlies, the Wizards, the Celtics, the Timberwolves. Like the Nets were probably the toughest game in that in that stretch. The Celtics always give the Raptors issues, so maybe that's maybe the toughest one. But these are one of the two games that I thought the Raptors were for sure going to lose. And so if the Raptors can take this game, carry that momentum over, hopefully everyone's healthy, they can really come out of this stretch with a uh, with a string of nice games. So hopefully the Raptors do that. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, great game by the by the Raptors. Terrible handling by the NBA. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back. We'll see. But I'll be back tomorrow to uh, recap the Raptors-Hawks game if that is indeed going on. So, um, once again, thanks, everyone, for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. And, um, yeah, check back tomorrow. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 